And I'm here with Reba as usual. And uh, we're going to start off a little bit, just as we do sometimes, with an update on what's going on in the ministry, what's going on here in the Dominican Republic. And it is still hot down here. We're in the tropics, but I hear right. that you guys are tra- living oh. the tropical dream up there. In oh, there's the no dream. In the United States. <laughs> no, there, there's no dream. I planted all these beautiful flowers that I was so yeah. excited about, mm-hmm. and they are all like dying and and uh they're like all shriveling like it's too hot i mean it is i told lisa the other day we were somewhere and i just told her i was like don't you think it feels like we're in the dominican it was so sticky it was so hot and it was muggy and she was like with without the ocean breeze without the ocean breeze yeah yeah Without yeah, the, I mean, you need to run 10 minutes down the road just to sit by the ocean. It's awful. It's just, yeah. it has, it's really been awful. It's been so hot and mm-hmm. it doesn't, it never cools off. It's 85 at nighttime. Yeah. So it's oh, not wow. like it's cooling down. Well, we have had, um, thankfully, we have had some rain. Um, and so that is actually cooling things down. So at nighttime, nice. it gets cool um, until we're actually sleeping with a blanket um, with our doors open and a blanket. Um, just because it's a little cooler, it's it's, and you know how it is when you're in a when you're down south and yeah. it rains and then it's kind of a wet. It's cool yes. and so it actually feels cooler because yes. of the moisture in the air. So we're thankful for that. But we just had last week we had vacation Bible school at this at the church. We mm. hadn't had that in two years because of COVID. Sure. And I think our church was prepared for ninety. Okay. We had ninety kids and we got <laughs> one hundred and eighty-five kids. <laughs> And so we, I think all of us, yeah, all of us, I walked in because I actually wasn't involved. I was just, you know, showing up just to kind of encourage people. And, um, and I walked in and everybody's eyes were just like really big, bugged out. And like, we weren't expecting this many kids, but it was, it was an amazing, our team, you know, our Dominican team from our church pulled together. We had an American team of, of, of teenagers, uh, that had done the same VBS in their, like in the inner city of their town. And so they okay. brought it down. And so they teamed up together. So that was exciting, but man. And then the third day, it, we had a little bit of a tropical wave come through. And so we were like, it's probably, we're not probably going to get any kids today because it's raining right. just continually. The streets flooded, but we, so we just ended up having about 120 kids that day. Oh, so, well, there you go. Well, I'm, I'm glad so many stayed home, right? Yeah. yeah. In the tropical so, wave. Well, that's a big deal. Have, they must have really wanted to come because I know a lot of people when it starts to rain like that kind of shelter. No. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, people were uh, waiting in the water to get home. And um, but we had 120 kids that last day, but we ended up having six kids get saved um, at, awesome. the, at the VBS. And so we've been doing little Bible clubs here in the summertime. And uh, it's been exciting here down down in San Pedro. Ah, that's really cool. Well, I just got back from Guatemala mm. and a lot of uh, meetings and a lot of just uh, meeting different people and making connections in Guatemala, which is, I love it. You know, we talk about this so often because it's rare, but there's that opportunity where you get a chance to just meet other people that are other organizations and they're just striving to to yeah. help in whatever form they're looking at. And it was just really great to be able to connect um, and to hear, hey, this did you know about this? And they're sharing yeah. resources and they're sharing opportunities. So that's good as we, you know, as we are taking, uh, getting closer and closer to being able to start the process of getting the safe house, uh, mm. you know, 
open and ready to roll. And, uh, you know, we still have a long ways to go. We're still fundraising. Uh, but I just am encouraged that God is, God has got a plan. He's going to do it. And so, you know, we're, we're starting to look at training materials and we're starting to think about hiring our staff and we're actually starting to talk to, uh, to, to people who are praying about moving to Guatemala and, uh, living in Guatemala and becoming part of our team down there. And so there's so many moving pieces happening. Um, so it's exciting. It's Mm -hmm. scary. Um, you know, in some ways it's scary. Uh, but yeah, I was, um, standing in Guatemala up where, where I was at, it gets cooler at nighttime. Mm -hmm. So the temperature drops quite a bit. So actually I was standing in a sweatshirt um, and kind of watching the sun go down and it was cool and the stars were coming out and I was just kind of standing there and I just thought, you know, Lord, you're so much bigger, right? Mm-hmm. Then um, I, I just got through reading this stuff on the new web telescope and all the cool things they're seeing yeah, and how they're just, yeah. the scientists' minds are being blown away. And I just thought, Lord, you're so much bigger than the, the biggest thing that's staring at me right now. Right. You know, yeah. the biggest burden I have, the biggest mm-hmm. trial I have, you're all, you're so much bigger yeah. than that. And it was, it was just kind of this, I'll, I probably won't forget that moment. Uh, mm. You know, just kind of standing there and being reminded as I looked up at the stars and, and just, just the a mass, massness of the universe and just thinking, yeah, you know, Lord, you got this, you know, yeah, you do, you exactly. have this. So I know. That and good. that's, yeah. And we'll, we'll hear these stories throughout as we're talking. Um, you know, we talk to different people about their ministry and how the Lord has just sustained them. And you, if you've listened to the Rita Deep podcast, um, there's such a similar thread that goes all the way through. And it's mm-hmm. that the Lord sustains them no matter if they're if their burden is a, is a, is a ministry and, and a safe house. So we've yeah. talked to Joy, we've talked to different um, yeah. safe house directors, and we're about to talk to a, a couple that went through the adoption process. And, and yeah. we're probably going to hear that same thread that the Lord sustains um, in these yeah. big giant moments um, that we don't think is, you know, we, we don't think it's possible. So I'm excited, uh, you know, just to, to see how the Lord, how the Lord sustains and guides no matter where you are and no matter what situation you're in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're, we're getting ready to interview uh, Morgan and Jared Cooper mm-hmm. yeah. who have this just, man, this turbulent adoption story of over time and, 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 and difficulties and countries that were struggling time and time zones and international yeah. intrigue. And yeah. Yeah. I've just these, these wild stories. And yet what you, what you realize is that, they struggle like we all do. And, yeah. and I, and I'm sure we're going to hear some of that. And, and I've, I've had the privilege of, of walking through some of this with, with them and knowing a little bit more details behind the story. So it's just one of those things. I'm excited about this interview. I think it's going to be amazingly encouraging. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be informative. Uh, but I also believe that, you know, it's good for us all to kind of hear that everybody has their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think, you know, and, and everybody, every, everybody's story is different, mm-hmm. but the, the God that sustains us is, is never changing. Nope. And, uh, and so that's, that'll be exciting to hear, um, to hear their story. Yeah, I'm good. Well, I, l- let's get into this yeah. interview because I think everybody's going to love this. All right. So, all right, let's take off to the interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey, 
Hey everybody, this is Reba and welcome to Rooted Deep. And we're so glad you joined us today. Um, Allie, it's been a wild and crazy week on my side. How about you? Uh, yeah, it's been a little bit busy over here. We just keep receiving groups, um, visiting missions trips, and we had an overlap for the last couple of days. Ooh. And so one group was uh, leaving dinner and the other one was coming in just off the plane, uh, literally. And the first oh, wow. group said, um, did we look that days when we walked in the door last week? And I was like, pretty much, yeah. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. There's always that. What, what should I expect? Yeah. Uh, and what, what's going to be food on my plate? And who are these people? And yes, I don't speak Spanish, all those things. So it's good. Yeah, absolutely. Good deal. Well, I've been busy as well, running around, uh, doing some training and getting some stuff ready as we get closer and closer to uh, – to getting our team trained in Guatemala and getting ready, hopefully, to open Safe House and make those huge steps um, over the next year. So, you know, how all that goes, you're much more experienced at that than I am. But uh, that's kind of what I've been doing. So I'm learning lots of new things. So it's been it's been good. But I'm, I'm really excited about the podcast today because we've got Jared and Morgan Cooper with us today. And um, Jared and Morgan have been uh, friends Really, uh, I've known them for such a long time. Morgan started coming to conferences and, and things, and I began to meet them. And so we, we've just been friends with them for a long time. But they just have this incredible journey and story about adoption that we wanted to talk about today, Allie. Yeah, and it's, it's always exciting to watch because you meet somebody or you see them on Facebook or Instagram and you, commute, you, you connect. And uh, we, I started following uh, the Cooper crew, I think it is right. Um, just started following their story a, a while ago and just kept seeing, um, this one specific smiley face that would come up, um, over and over again. And I just would, I, and you get bits and pieces of their story throughout, you know, if you're following Instagram. And so I'm excited to hear, you know, start to finish if we can, if we have time, you know, start to finish today, how that yeah. came about. That's good. So, well, let's just say welcome to the podcast, uh, Morgan Cooper and her husband, Jared. And so we're really glad you guys are here. Thank you for having us. We're excited. Hey, y'all. And y'all know how I feel about the Rooted Deep podcast. I'm just super grateful, such a fan of you two, and just grateful that you have discipled me from afar. And I'm just thrilled to be a part and share this space with y'all. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, so let's just jump in uh, because, I mean, Allie's right. I mean, if you follow you on Instagram or, you know, on Facebook or whatever, I mean, these kids are just like, I mean, you just can't wait to see what the next picture is going to be. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your boys and a little bit about your family. Yeah, so Jared and Morgan Cooper here, and we, um, first of all, have just been um, on, yeah, quite quite the journey. And um, so, yeah, we're thrilled and humbled and honored to have these two little boys as a part of our family and have the opportunity to steward and shepherd their sweet little souls. And so Silas is our oldest. He will actually be seven in August. And so we've had the incredible opportunity to be his parents for almost five years. So it will be five okay. years at Thanksgiving. And um, he was born in Columbia. And um, he is, we um, have just eternally sunny is how we define Silas, eternally <laughs> sunny. And that's true 95% of the time, which means that other 5% is you feel it's, it's 
not it's bad (laughs) (laughs) because 95 percent of the time he is mr sunshine and so that is silas and then we have our youngest uh deacon is uh was born in haiti and he is five years old going on 45 uh he he is uh mr independent but he will be six in uh, December. So his birthday is, is he's a Christmas birthday. Uh, December 27th is his birthday. Uh, he came home, uh, the special thing, and we'll get into this later, I'm sure. But the special thing about his story is that we were able to, uh, to get him, uh, at Christmas time. Uh, so he, he was a Christmas present in, uh, remind me it was 2019, (laughs) 2019. Yeah. Uh, So he, this Christmas will be three years that he's been with us. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Wow. Very good. Um, so I know that, you know, I, and we're going to get a little into the story because this was not your, your story was not a smooth one uh, by <laughs> any imagination. Uh, it is one of the most, uh, really one of the most uh, difficult journeys uh, I have, I've even heard uh, with a lots of ups and downs. But I, I think before we get to that part of your story, I, you know, I think it's important, but you know, what made you want to adopt kids? Yeah. So, um, for, for me as like, and I remember just like eighth grade little girl having, I say, you know, junior high and experiencing, um, kind of some of my first experiences with, with different cultures and, um, through high school, people would ask me, you know, or like, you know, with your friends, I'll be like, well, culture is my favorite color languages and, you know, um, meeting people from different countries and that type of thing. And so, um, it was always something that there was just a curiosity about as, as a teenager. And then Jared and I actually dated in high school and through college. So it was just something that that we kind of knew and we thought, or I thought that it was, um, and it still may be part of our story, um, that I would live internationally and, um, you know, and so that's all of that to say from a college, you know, teaching degrees, we both have teaching degrees. And so we would spend our summers looking for opportunities to serve internationally in the summer times. And so you know, be able to experience um, God in a in a global way and um, have our perspective perspective of His global glory really impact us just from you know the international mission trip experience. And then I actually took a job with a nonprofit, which um, really placed me um, in a lot of really um, vulnerable communities um, with orphan care. And just started working on it, you know, hands-on, face-to-face, um, with all the senses, um, seeing um, the orphan crisis globally. And um, it's something that we got to be a part of together because Jared continued teaching. And so he um, would be able to, to travel internationally with us. And, um, and so, yeah, it was something that was always on our heart but not until we experienced it personally and had those experiences yeah, I was going to say the same thing I I always knew that it was important to Morgan and she had uh before I did she had more experiences internationally than I did so early on I would say 
I was on board because it was important to her. Uh, and I wanted to be supportive of that. And I was, you know, yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Um, and when I traveled for the first time, I want to say it was, was it 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. when I went on my first international mission trip? Uh, I don't know when, when you, when you see the faces, uh, like it, you will never be the same. Uh, so if anybody ever is on the fence of, of going on a trip internationally, I, I always say, do it. Like there, there's no, yeah. uh, there's no reason not to like it, but once you go, it changes you. Uh, and so ever since that trip, uh, I was not just on board for moral support. I was, you know, we, we have to do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, we didn't know if it was live internationally, serve internationally, um, continue with this nonprofit. Um, adoption was just obviously like, you know, like, or adopt or, you know, live internationally and adopt, you know, we well, did all of the know. things. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I would in two, Jared started pursuing a master's degree in, in biblical counseling because we were like, whether we are serving internationally or, you know, raising these kids in our home, whatever, like that would be a value, valuable tool. And so when people ask us that question, you know, why did you adopt? There's so many layers and they're still like not perfectly um, filed away. Like it's all still an open, you know, an open folder. I tell an yep. open tab of um, yeah. that answer shifts and changes. Um, but I would say that um, while we knew we wanted to, you know, be parents, um, our our plan was to to have children and adopt children. And, um, we honestly just started looking into it as far as like our age, because we had, we married young, but a lot of international adoption agencies, as far as there's age requirements and marriage requirements. And so for a while, we didn't meet those requirements just because we were young. Um, but we tell people often that, you know, God in that season of he knew we needed, you know, 10 years of marriage before we became parents or, you know, and so we yeah. actually came back from a trip in Kenya and um, we just kind of said, all right, if like, what are we, what are we waiting for? Let's just take the next step. So. Mm, that's good. And let so me let just me, decide, yeah, um, go just, ahead, wanted to, just wanted to go ahead and ask, like, what made you decide or was it one of those things, because you have, you keep talking internationally, mm -hmm. how did you narrow it down or was it narrowed down for you um, in that, in that aspect, you know, because all of the travels are all over the place, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the story of how we ended up with, with our agency is, mm -hmm. is a, is a good story maybe uh, for later on, but you know, when we. Uh, we're talking with our social workers at, at Lifeline. Um, you know, <laughs> you ask them the question, you know, where, where is the biggest need? You know, mm -hmm. we, we asked them that question, you know, where's the biggest need? Uh, and that's not really a fair question to them, <laughs> you know, cause right. you know, kids are kids and they, and they all need uh, homes and, and they're all special. Um, but as they began to uh, just communicate to us, um, you know, Haiti was a country that came up and at that point in time, we were extremely close, I think, to meeting the age requirements and the and the requirements, you know, as far as how long we've been married. Uh, and, you know, for a country that is so close 
proximity to to the U.S. uh, and just how much that they have been through. Uh, And you hear the statistics of that country and and you hear about the unrest in that country and and what those people deal with on a daily basis. Um, We we just knew, okay, you know, we we say that Haiti picked us Mm -hmm. is, is the way that we say it. It's like when when they were telling us those things, um, it just, it was clear, I think at that point. And it's definitely one of those things too, like our desire when choosing an agency and we tell everybody that's the first most important step is to make sure that you are partnering with an agency that is mission-minded and that is advocating for for the kids um, and stewarding you as a family well. Um, because we do know there is so much um, corruption corruption mm-hmm. with adoption. Uh, um, we've seen it personally, and um, we we you know the goal was to be you know to gift a child a family, not build our own you know idea of what our family should look like, and um, so that meant so so many, so much unknown and so many, uh, still so many questions and not a lot of answers, but that is where you just take one step after the other. Um, and it doesn't always feel, um, (laughs) comfortable or, or, or good, but knowing that regardless of what we feel, this is what we know to be true. And this is where faith really became we put it into play. We, 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 we had to practice that. Yeah. With, with Haiti, you know, they, um, they just told us, you know, not a lot of people were choosing Haiti. Not a lot of people mm-hmm. were, uh, sticking with Haiti, mm-hmm. uh, because of the length of the process and the uncertainty in the process. Um, just the instability in the country just exacerbated that, that, you know, because of, you know, people on, on this end, we like to know how long is this going to take right. and when is this going to happen? Uh, and, and they told us up front, you know, there, there's, you know, we can give you a time frame, but it's probably not going to happen in that time frame. We mm-hmm. can't guarantee it. Uh, and so just with all of those factors, we, we knew that, okay, we'll be in, we'll be in it for the long haul. We'll, we'll, you know, do whatever it takes, you know, by God's grace. And mm-hmm. so, that's what led us to Haiti. And because of what you mentioned about, because our experiences internationally were kind of different locations, we did have to explain to people where Haiti was located. Yeah. <laughs> that we had not personally traveled to Haiti mm-hmm. at that point. And so um, our friends, our community, they were like, wait, what? Like, that's not where you have, you yeah, know, have contact or communicate. Yeah. Or yes. Yeah. So really um, inviting people into um, as far as like our agency and trusting them with that. And, you know, them also getting to know us in a way that, you know, we'll step into this with you guys um, as your support in an effort to, to meet the need in a, um a pure beautifully broken way you know yeah you know you you mentioned that you guys wanted to have children of your own um Mm -hmm. and but i i know you guys and you have two adopted boys Mm so um you know i i can only imagine the emotions that go with the adoption process 
But then you layer that maybe with the other emotions that maybe go with not being able to have children of your own in the way that you thought that, that picture not flowing out the way you thought it was going to flow out. So talk about that a little bit. Totally. Like for a positive perky plan and patty over here, yeah. I mean, my, goal, my, our plan was to, you know, um, adopt to have to, and because of these waiting long periods based on the timeline we have for Haiti, I'm like, we could have, we could have a baby before we receive a referral, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, to me, the timeline looked perfectly perfect and capable yeah. of, um, and that it, we are always so um, quick and careful um, because so many people may assume that because we have two adopted children and we do not have biological children that we, and, um, you know, we can't quote, can't have children of our own. Um, but for 15, almost well, 14 years now, um, we just have experienced um, unexplained infertility. Um, so there is no, um, through, there's no, there's no reason there's nothing that's, ad, you know, at quote abnormal or, um, a, a problem or, or nothing of that sort. And so when we, um, finally just kind of was like, okay, wait, you know, this isn't ha- happening like it should, um, basically we just got to the point where as far as pursuing fertility treatments it was like our time our money we're gonna have to invest in one or two ways and we just after prayer and really just asking God and again just having that that open hands whatever whenever however prayer for our family um I mean literally it was down to there was an the next step in considering maybe something that would help with infertility it insurance covered everything but like 500 bucks Mm -hmm. and literally the next step at our agency cost 550 dollars like it was down to that where we were like okay where are we going to invest Mm -hmm. and um we decided from the beginning to like invite people into that and be very careful to um in an effort to honor our boys and their stories to, to never communicate that adoption was for us, you know, plan B or anything like that. Adoption for you was always the plan, whether you had biological children or not. Am I understanding that correctly? It was, you were going to have adopted children either way. Yes. Um, Okay. Yeah. That was the hope. Yeah. Um, And that was the plan, like have Mm -hmm. to adopt you. Yeah. Um, that was kind of what we hoped or mm-hmm. what we communicated about, envisioned, planned. What were you going to mm-hmm. say? I was just going to say uh, the, the thing that I've been most grateful for over, over these years is uh, that we have been on the same page. That's mm-hmm. uh, when you deal with infertility, which is a very sensitive topic for so many. And what I've come to realize just is how many people actually have dealt with it and are dealing with it that we didn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that, you know, the enemy uses anything in his uh, arsenal to drive a wedge between a husband and a wife. Right. Uh, and 
uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful that, and this has always been our hope and prayer, is that as we move forward uh, in our marriage, that, that we are on the same page 100% of mm-hmm. what, what we're going to do. And, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say that the adoption process, it was that way. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know what, I just don't feel comfortable you know, and having that conversation, I just don't feel comfortable paying this money to go this route. So, and she's like, you know what? I agree. Let's, let's, Mm -hmm. let's pay that adoption fee and let's go that route. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, to this day, Mm -hmm. you know, we are not preventing, uh, Mm -hmm. getting pregnant and, uh, you know, who knows what God has in store, but we, we are content Mm -hmm. and we are happy, uh, with how God has built our family and, uh, and we're still on the same page today. And girls, I'll just tell you, and I'm, I'm, we're the couple and I'm the gal that at this point at our age that, um, you know, friends, like all of their friends who hoped for children, um, have experienced their miracle or their children, Mm -hmm. um, with the exception of the Coopers mm-hmm. <laughs> and Morgan in some scenarios. And so yeah. I'll get the phone calls and I'll get the text messages and say, you know, I know if anyone knows how to pray, mm-hmm. you do, will you pray for me? And in recent months and years, I've, I've told Jared, like, um, I desire and want to pray in a spirit of, of grace and purity and joy for these girls what I haven't been willing to pray for myself in years Mm. and um do that without any bitterness Mm -hmm. or any resentment or anger or you know continue in that Mm -hmm. but I'm grieving things now at my age and in this journey that I didn't know to grieve Mm. five years ago yeah you know I'm grieving different things now that I didn't know to grieve 10 years ago yeah. So it's a, definitely a season and it shifts and it changes. Mm-hmm. For example, I didn't know that I, I didn't realize that I would grieve the days I missed specifically with our boys. Mm-hmm. And the more now that I know them, I realized how much we missed and how much I grieve of knowing them as newborns and know, you know, having the experience of pregnancy with them, mm-hmm. which in not even a possible scenario. Um, and so even just in recent weeks, being able to identify what I know to be true, regardless of how I feel. Yeah. And holding fast to that. So navigating the highs and lows, the hard, the heavy, the holy work, um, that it continue, it continues to be a true you know, regardless of how I feel about it, I yep. know what I know to be true. And I think a lot of people real don't understand, maybe, or they do, when you're grieving, the grief comes in waves and it's going to come at different times. Like you said, you're going to be grieving things you didn't realize, you know, or you're missing things you didn't realize you even had prepared to miss. Uh, I remember sitting in a coffee shop with a college friend and he was telling, he was telling us, you know, now his kids are are going off to college. And it didn't hit me until that moment how an ent- I missed an entire generation mm-hmm. because I didn't get, I didn't have children. All of a sudden I'm missing, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't just miss having a baby. I missed right. 
you know, and so you miss these stages. And so it does hit you because it comes in waves. Um, yes. If you're not, and like you said, if you don't go back to what is true and realize the, 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 the God birthing a miracle of contentment and satisfaction mm-hmm. in you, that is just as much of a miracle as he would, you know, as having a baby at 47 would be, you know, um, I told Jared this week, I said, or even just this week, I said, I don't want to wait till I'm 60 mm-hmm. to share what yeah. God's doing because no, we haven't gotten what some would say, you know, the miraculous pregnancy on top of these beautiful adoptions. But we've gotten we've gotten God. Got miracles, like yeah. I have experienced mm-hmm. Him in a way that I've I never would have experienced, and He to me is so. And and because of that, I we want to testify today. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. midst, I don't want to wait till yeah. we're sixty, and you know, and this is what we know to be true because we know it to be true today. Yeah, and yeah. we are clinging to to that. Yeah. You know, and I know we talked a little about this a little bit before we uh, started into the podcast, but it's just so true. You know, that the, the 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 picture that you get in your mind as a seventeen or eighteen year old coming through is, well, I get married, and then I have kids, and then we live happily ever after with the picket fence and the dog and the this and the that and the other. And you know, and if that doesn't happen in your life, whether in my case it didn't happen because I didn't get married. Um, mm-hmm. that wasn't God's direction for my life. Now, could it still happen? Well, sure, it could still happen, um, but probably not. And, you know, and so, um, you know, but, you know, there's, or, or whether it be in your case, your stories, whether, you know, God just has not allowed you to have children of your own. And somehow there's a sense out there that, wait a minute, you're, you're somehow you're broken. Your or story is broken. Yeah. And, that is not true. And I just think that is so important for not just for us to hear again, but for those who are listening to hear again, mm-hmm. that God has a direction and a will for people's lives. And we don't all look the same. And mm-hmm. our journeys are not all the same. And for some, it's get married and have kids. And for mm-hmm. others, it's don't get married because I've got something different for you. Mm-hmm. And for others, it's you're not going to have kids in a traditional way because I have a plan for you that's going to look different because I have a plan for these boys that's going to be mm-hmm. different or for these kids that are going to be different. And so I think it's just so important, not only for us who, who are in the heart of those stories, but even for those that are on the outside, because people, <laughs> if you're listening, you can be, you need to be careful what you say. You can be so insensitive sometimes mm-hmm. because many times we feel like, oh, bless their hearts. They're broken. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. see how to fix them. And, you know, that's really a slam on the, on the sovereignty of God, because mm-hmm. God, God is, we're not, nobody's broken here. This is the will of God for these people. And to be able to say it looks different, but it's still God's will is a powerful thing to speak over people. Yeah. I, I'm going to say something crazy. It's uh, God knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do we really believe that? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he knew what he was doing that he didn't give us kids when we wanted it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, I mean, when we said, all right, let's, let's start building our family. Uh, and then nothing happened. Um, and then, you know, we start the adoption process and it takes, you know, six years. Um, and we didn't really understand at that time, but looking back, uh, we weren't ready. Uh, and there, there was a lot of growth that needed to happen. There were some things that needed to be dealt with. And, 
you know, God, God was, God was right on, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't ready to be a dad, uh, to those boys. Um, and I, I had to do some work, uh, and I had to, I had to look back, uh, at, you know, how I was parented and, and think about what kind of parent I wanted to be and to deal with those things. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful, you know, and, and we, we do talk about that just to how our family is, is different. And, and, that's and for okay. some reason we're taught like different doesn't equal bad. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like hard doesn't equal bad. And our boys teach us this, like Silas has, um, been given, he has different abilities and he has his, his, his set of magic powers, we call it. And there are so many things that si- like that makes Silas different. Mm-hmm. But those things aren't bad. Right. In fact, sometimes I'm like, you know, we would probably all be better off if we considered Silas's approach to this situation. Um, and I think that's the thing. We we laugh because we also homeschool. We we're going into our second official year of homeschool. And you know, people talk about homeschoolers and being weird or whatever. And we're like, We've been weird for a really long time. <laughs> Before <laughs> like, homeschooling like, even happened. So yeah. The fact that well, we homeschool is like the sixth or seventh weird thing on the list, you know, <laughs> um, that's, we're okay, you know, um, as far as being different, but doesn't yeah. mean it's bad. Hard doesn't equal bad. It does, yeah. you know, because it looks different than that white picket fence, cookie cutter, maybe approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, um, sometimes what kind of prevents people, others prevents people from considering different, um, or, or a different way because it may just be weird or a different, right. but it doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, yeah. I read, I read somewhere recently, you know, about how we as people are so, uh, quick to do whatever it takes to get out of a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Things are hard, mm-hmm. but things are tough. You know, we immediately are praying, you know, God get us out of this. Um, when I, I don't really think that that's, you know, that, that's where God is. Mm-hmm. God is in the difficult and he's going to be with us in the trenches. And goodness gracious, we we have seen that. And like, like Morgan said, even in the last two weeks, uh, which have been, you know, challenging in their own way, but that's, that's where God has met us mm-hmm. and uh, his grace. We, we, we experience that sufficient grace. Yeah. And um, so many times when you see, and I think this is one of the things why people want their life to look similar to everybody else's, you know, you know, marriage, family, and all of that is because they feel safe in a community. And mm-hmm. when there is an adopted family or an adoptive family or international adoption maybe adds to that, have you been able to find a community and, or have you been able to create a community, um, uh, of uh, adoptive families or homeschool families or, or, or weird families like you guys yeah, are just weird. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My sweet sister, she does like knows how, like I fully embrace this and like, we are like God and what Jared said, as far as the, the six to seven year process of God building our family as it is now really did create like and build like a backbone in us for some for confidence Mm -hmm. to to start not caring then what other people thought because the thing um 
it's one thing for people to support a couple or want to hear your story. But then when we bring them home and here we are and like, we're, we're here exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, just, you know, the, you know, finding community, being in community with all of our weird and differences. You know, my sister, when I pull out of her driveway, she sometimes will yell, go be weird, you know, (laughs) just it's like our anthem almost. Um, But I would say, um, and this is part of the story, which again, I think is important. The timeline gets gets overwhelming and complicated, but I do think it's important for friends to know that we began the Haiti process in December, 2014 and Deacon um, came home. Um, there's, I think, is it okay if we chat about the timeline? Yeah, yeah I, that's what I was, yeah, absolutely. Because I, was I do just, think that, because that brings us into our community as far as like how our community was built through this, if that sure. um, makes sense. So we began yeah. Haiti um, process as far as an official waiting family, December, 2014. Um, and then we, you know, set off on this marathon of, um, you know, home studies and medical backgrounds and psychological evaluations and paperwork and re, you know, all the things. And we tell people, uh, adoption agency is like a travel agent. They just kind of tell you the next step. They kind of walk with you through the steps. So we're just taking one step at a time and rocking and rolling. And um, it nothing on that wasn't uh, on our end happened. Um, there was no referral. There was no nothing happening. Um, and January 2017, so two years and one month later, um, we get a call from our social worker and um, we were in the referral process at that time, meaning we were waiting to be matched with a child okay. and we had been waiting for quite some time, probably six to eight months, probably. And so two months, one year later, we get a, I mean, two years, one month later, she calls and she says, um, and her name and her, her name is also Morgan. And I could tell by the way, every phone call, I could tell how the phone call was going to go based on her saying, Hey, Morgan, it's Morgan. Cause sometimes it was that. And sometimes it was, Hey, Morgan, it's Morgan. Like I could tell <laughs> how the phone call was going to go. Um, and sh- the first word she said to me was, um, are you in a place where you can have a seat and, and chat? And I'm like, she's telling me to sit down. <laughs> this is, this is serious. And it wasn't what I thought she was going to say. I thought she was going to say, we have a referral for your child or children. We were actually approved for siblings at that time um, in Haiti. And here's the next step. And instead she said, would you guys ever consider, these were her exact words, would you guys ever consider a concurrent international adoption process? And I said, sister, I know we're two years into this, but I have no idea what that means. I think I know what it means, but I'm like this, you can't be saying what I think you're saying. And she said, yeah, two international adoptions at one time. And I said, 
No. <laughs> is there like a two for the price of one? Are we talking about like a neighboring country? Are we talking about, you know, like, um, and just that the day before I had a family member tell me um, at a family event, she said, Morgan, you need to stop asking God for children and you need to start thanking God for the children he's going to give you. Mm. 24 hours before this conversation, um, an aunt said that to me. And so, and so long story short, she then said, we have this little, we have some waiting, a waiting list in the country of Columbia. And these are kids who are, are in desperate need of families because of, um, medical situations or things like that. Um, and we have a waiting list and there's a little guy on that list that we think would be the perfect fit for your family. Would you guys consider taking a look at his file? Well, we hate to leave you hanging, but that's exactly what we're going to do for this episode of Rooted Deep. Be sure to join us next time for the rest of the podcast where we interview Morgan and Jared Cooper and hear the rest of their story. Until then, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.